The World Health Organization warns of a global shortage of medical equipment as countries across the globe deal with the outbreak of the novel coronavirus. The Philippine Health Department also allocating funds to secure medical equipment to fight the deadly disease. Dozens of Filipino workers in Hong Kong facing unemployment amid the coronavirus outbreak. And former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden wins seven large states on Super Tuesday. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. The World Health Organization confirms the new coronavirus is more deadly than the seasonal flu. At a news conference in Geneva Tuesday, the chief of the WHO pointed out about 3.4 percent of patients with COVID-19 have died. That's far above the fatality rate of the seasonal flu, which is less than 1 percent. But he also said COVID-19 can be contained. We don't do contact tracing for seasonal flu, but countries should do it for COVID-19 because it will prevent infections and save lives and containment is possible. To summarize, COVID-19 spreads less efficiently than flu. Transmission does not appear to be driven by people who are not sick. It causes more severe illness than flu. There are not yet any vaccines or therapeutics and it can be contained. The World Health Organization urges the public to stop hoarding masks, gloves and other protective equipment. Europe grappling with the virus as more countries report new cases. Italian authorities confirm 27 more people have died from the disease. The death toll there now stands at 79, while cases are at over 2,500. In France, a fourth person has died due to COVID-19. France has at least 204 confirmed cases of the disease. British health authorities also say the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases has climbed from 39 to 51. Over in South America, Argentina and Chile are the latest to join the growing list of over 70 countries with infections after patients returned from recent travels to Italy and Asia. Pope Francis reportedly tests negative for the deadly coronavirus after falling ill at the height of the COVID-19 outbreak in Italy. Here's the full story. An Italian newspaper is reporting that Pope Francis was tested for coronavirus after he fell ill and canceled a week-long religious retreat. The pontiff also canceled most of his meetings last week. He did test negative, according to Il Messaggero newspaper. It's believed that he's suffering from a regular cold. <coughs> but the incident underlines the severity of the coronavirus outbreak in Italy, Europe's worst hit country with over 2,000 known cases, and Pope Francis could be at increased risk. He's 83 years old and had one of his lungs removed decades ago over an illness. Coronavirus is believed to be most acute in older persons and people with underlying health issues, particularly respiratory problems. Pope Francis may also risk exposure from his routine of public appearances. 
Over in the U.S., a death toll from COVID-19 climbs to nine. All of the fatalities are from Washington state. There are now over 120 cases of the disease in the U.S. American health officials scrambling to contain the spread of COVID-19, but they say a vaccine at least or is at least 18 months away. It will take about three months or more to show that it is safe. And then if you show that it's safe, you've got to put it into what's called a phase two trial to show that it works. And the reason is there's a medical, ethical and other considerations is that we'd be giving this to normal people to prevent infection. So you must be sure the, 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 the edict of medicine first do no harm. So we need to make sure it's safe and we make needs to make sure it works. That entire process will take at least a year and a year and a half. A surprise move from the U.S. Federal Reserve, the most influential central bank in the world, delivers an emergency interest rate cut because of the economic risk brought by the COVID-19 outbreak. Here's a full story. In its most aggressive move since the financial crisis, the Federal Reserve Tuesday slashed its benchmark rate by one-half a percentage point. The emergency measure is designed to shield the world's largest economy from the impact of the spreading coronavirus. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said the fundamentals of the U.S. economy remain strong, but the coronavirus outbreak is an emerging threat. We are beginning to see the effects on the tourism and travel industries, and we are hearing concerns from industries that rely on global supply chains. Against this background, the committee judged that the risks to the U.S. outlook have changed materially. In response, we have eased the stance of monetary policy to provide some more support to the economy. That support came in the way of a half percentage point cut in the Fed's key lending rate to a target range of 1% to 1 and a quarter percent. The decision was unanimous among policymakers. The Fed's unusual move to cut interest rates before the next scheduled policy meeting in mid-March reflects the urgency with which the Fed feels it needs to act in order to prevent the possibility of a global recession. The aggressive move nonetheless failed to impress President Trump, who shortly after called on Powell and the Fed to cut rates even more. And the Federal Reserve uh, cut rates today, finally, 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 <laughs> finally. Do it more, do it a little bit more. So the Fed rate is too high. It's very simple, it's too high. But some on Wall Street remain skeptical. A rate cut is the remedy needed to deal with the financial damage and supply chain disruptions caused by the coronavirus outbreak. To that, Powell had this to say. We do recognize that a rate cut will not reduce the rate of infection. It won't fix a broken supply chain. We get that. We don't think we have all the answers. But we do believe that our action will provide a meaningful boost to the economy. Investors had been clamoring for the Fed to take action after stocks suffered their worst losses in over a decade last week. The Philippine Budget Department is allocating an initial 530 million pesos for the fight against the COVID-19 outbreak. Health Secretary Francisco Duque told radio station DZMM the urgently needed funds will be useful to secure medical supplies amid a rising global shortage. The health department is seeking a total of 2.4 billion pesos to contain the coronavirus. President Rodrigo Duterte has given his consent for the proposed budget, but as Duque explains, it still needs congressional approval.
Nagpasulat ako ulit dito sa bagong operations chairman para madaliin. Pero ganun pa man, ang DBM naman sumulat sa akin at sinabi na may mga items silang nakita na pwedeng ito na muna daw ang gamitin pang samantala. Mm-hmm. Uh, meron tayong nakalagay ng mga 530 million na for uh, supplies. Meron na tayong mga procurement, uh, yung proseso na tapos na inaantay na lang natin yung PITC mm-hmm. uh, para mag-deliver ng uh, initially mga 95 million worth of PPEs. Dozens of Filipino workers in Hong Kong are facing unemployment amid the COVID-19 outbreak. According to the Overseas Workers' Welfare Administration, or OWA, some employers terminated the contracts of 16 Filipino workers and left the Chinese territory for fear of the virus. Meanwhile, 12 domestic workers lost their jobs due to disputes with employers who barred them from leaving during their rest days to avoid catching the disease. OWA is now in talks with the Hong Kong Labor Department to assist the Filipino workers. Doon sa 35 mga labing anim doon ay dahil aalis na ng Hong Kong yung employer. Karamihan mga non-Hong Kong nationals and then uh, 12, labing dalawa doon sa 35 ay yung nagkaroon ng problema sa resting logic kasi siguro ng employer huwag ka nang lumabas at uh, para hindi ka makapinalubilo. Kung nag-relocate yung employers yun sa Hong Kong immigration law, Uh-oh. they have the option or the the right actually to seek another employer. Hong Kong is home to some 220,000 Filipino workers. President Rodrigo Duterte dares the U.S. to pursue charges against his administration over alleged state-sanctioned killings. Duterte says he raised that challenge to U.S. Ambassador Sung Kim when they met on Tuesday. Extrajudicial killing. Walang pakialam dyan. You can bring all the charges you want, but I will stick to my guns. I will kill anybody that will tend to destroy my country. Duterte's challenge comes after he terminated Manila's visiting forces agreement with Washington. Duterte has said he made that decision due to Washington's portrayal of his administration as being incapable of investigating extrajudicial killings. Kasi nabi ko kay Ambassador, itong Rokos na dumating talaga, it came to ifor yung Alitan ko sa kanila. Tinanggal ko yung sila na naman ngayon, ang lapit ng lapit. Philippine Ambassador to the United States, Jose Manuel Romualdez, has said he and Ambassador Sung Kim are in talks to come up with an improved visiting forces agreement. In other news, President Duterte says he does not see any possible successor after his term ends in 2022. According to him, there are certain qualities that a president must possess. No, sa totoo lang, Presidente ka, hindi ka marunong pumatay at takot ka mamatay, ay huwag ka na mag-presidente. Walang mayayari sa, walang mayayari sa bayan. Kung puro otos ka lang, In the end, ikaw pa yung kontrabida. Ikaw na yung gumawa para ikaw talaga ang bida.
Former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden wins seven states on Super Tuesday. The exit polls show Biden dominated the primaries in Virginia, North Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, and Oklahoma. He also won in the states of Arkansas and Minnesota. He is also projected to win Massachusetts and Maine. Biden's Democratic nomination bid got a boost since his blowout win in the South Carolina primary. He further gained steam after earning endorsements from three of his former rivals, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and Beto O'Rourke. Early returns from Texas are in favor of Biden so far. Texas is Super Tuesday's second biggest prize after California. Meanwhile, National frontrunner Bernie Sanders has so far won Colorado, Utah, and his home state of Vermont. Polls in California, Super Tuesday's biggest prize will close at 8 p.m. Pacific time. That's noon here in Manila. 14 states are currently up for grabs, making Super Tuesday a strong indicator of the likely nominee of the Democratic Party. Five candidates are still gunning for the party's nomination. Biden, Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Michael Bloomberg, and Tulsi Gabbard. Powerful tornadoes rocked Nashville, Tennessee, leaving at least 19 people dead. Search and rescue teams are combing through damaged structures in the city to find people who were trapped or injured. More than 44,000 customers of Nashville's power utility firm do not have electricity due to damage to power and make that power infrastructure. The state is now under a state of emergency. President Trump says he will visit Tennessee on Friday. It's a vicious thing, those tornadoes. I've seen many of them during a three-year period, and I've gotten to see the results, and they are vicious. If you're in their path, it's uh, bad things happen. There's really bad things happen. We send our love and our prayers of the nation to every family that was affected, and we will uh, get there, and we will recover, and we will rebuild, and we will help them. The Democratic Party in Tennessee says the disaster has disrupted voting for Super Tuesday. Many voters are forced to change polling locations in some places. South Korea has announced a $9.8 billion stimulus package to cushion the impact of the largest outbreak of coronavirus outside China. In a video released Wednesday, the country's finance minister said the supplementary budget aims to channel money to the health system, child care and outdoor markets. The government plans to present a finalized supplementary budget to the National Assembly Thursday. South Korea has 34 coronavirus deaths. 516 new COVID-19 cases were also confirmed Wednesday, bringing the country's total to 5,328. In entertainment news, Philippine actress Kim Chu is shaken after unidentified gunmen shot at her van in Quezon City Wednesday morning. Sharing photos of her bullet-ridden vehicle, the ABS-CBN star went online to thank God for keeping her, her driver, and her assistant safe. The actress also expressed how shocked she was when she heard the gunshots fired at their vehicle. She added she has no idea why it happened, saying she has no enemies. Chu and her group were on their way to a filming location when the gunmen opened fire at their vehicle. Hindi namin napansin na may putokan sa likod. Hindi namin alam na 
dito pala pero ano sa amin tinatama pero ano ayun normal naman kami sir wala naman nasaktan lahat And before we go, as the world steps up responses to the coronavirus threat, people around the globe are now changing their greeting habits. Here's German Chancellor Angela Merkel, who was refused a handshake by Germany's interior minister. Both of them still obviously getting used to skipping the traditional exchange of pleasantries. From China, this video has gone viral for what's now dubbed as the Wuhan shake, named after the virus's epicenter. The Wuhan shake is done by tapping one's feet against another's. Practice has so far been adapted in various parts of the world. And here's Australia's own version of the greeting, an elbow bump. Iran also has its own version, which involves bumping each other's behind. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.